introduction, what is PGDs in place? How come? Because most physicians that I meet aren't familiar with PGD. Um, I remember so well, um, many of my daughters were going to the doctor of renown in difficult pregnancies at Columbia, and she called me one day to come in. I was a little scared, she's being four of my daughters. Um, and she tells me she has an Indian gal who has neurofibromatosis. Could I guide her? How does PGD work? Where is it available? And what is it really about? So she doesn't know. I assume most of the population doesn't. And that's sad because people who could benefit from this therapy don't have it accessible. PGD. Um, let's begin. Um, this is a cynical cartoon, but I must tell you, it's this that motivates most from Jews to stand back from genetics. Um, there's nothing I can do anyhow. Genetics tells me kind of like some soothsaying Rebbe, what's going to happen? And I have no control over it. I'm completely devastated. When will I get cancer and how will I die? But that's times behind us. Today, genetics kind of gives you a notion of what you are, but not what you're going to be, and it doesn't control your destiny anymore. Let me tell you how PGD works. This is a little holding device. In plumbing it would be a plier. It's a long glass tube where suction is applied and holds the air. This is a pipette where suction is applied, and that's how we biopsy. The process that we do in Charitetic, <coughs> this being an egg that was recently retrieved, you see the little Mickey Mouse here? That's called a polar body. Interesting is, these are my favorite mechutanim. <laughs> um, this polar body, called polar body one, because it's the first one to emerge, shows up about 20 minutes after retrieval. So within 20 minutes that has to be retrieved. Interestingly is, that at 12 hours after fertilization, which happens right then, on the second polar body is going to show up at about 90 degrees from where the first one was. Why are these important? In this cell, this egg, there's a nucleus. You all remember that from high school biology. It has the blueprint or the DNA model for the entire body. That DNA model, which is invisible on this, um, is made up of half the pairs of chromosomes with which we're endowed. In other words, if there's 23 pairs of chromosomes and we call one side A and one side B, if this cell is comprised of chromosome A, this polar body is chromosome B. So this is the, if you will, discarded half of the chromosomes in the cell, it's the opposite. What it offers us, if I show you a red and a white ball, and I lower my hands below the lectern, and I pick up the red one, you know that the white one remains below. So here, we know what should remain behind. Um, this is basically the micro-manipulation. It's a very exotic kind of embryology. Um, the egg is engaged. Here's the polar body. It's obviously a cartoon. This is the, if you will, submicroscopic scalpel that cuts open the cellular membrane. 
then it's rotated, and later it will be aspirated. See, we have this slide. I have to say, my daughter did this for me. I'm really not as sophisticated as the other speakers we saw today. Here's our polar body again. <coughs> Here's the egg rotated, and here you see the retrieval or the bisection of that polar body. Now, if you appreciate, then PGD, the process is a very easy one to break down to elementary terms. We take a gal who's likely to present with affected feces. She's likely to have kids who are sick. Tay-Sachs, cystic fibrosis, myotonia, bad diseases, these horrible, horrible birth defects. Um, and we make her mature instead of one egg, two dozen eggs in a cycle. We pull those two dozen eggs with a retrieval process and a suction biopsy that's done under ultrasound control. That's what they mentioned. It's done a very light anesthesia. Generally, the woman wakes up unimpaired five minutes afterwards. Um, but there's a vaginal stick on either side to both ovaries, and those theoretically could infect. They really never do, um, but they could. And those eggs retrieve. Let's say we get two dozen. You have 24 polar bodies in the first 10 minutes. Somebody has to sit in a lab and deal those polar bodies. And what that means is you have to check to see if you have the mutation for which this family is known. So in advance of doing this process, we map the truncated protein with a little slit of protein that's a gene that didn't grow its full height. It truncated. It was interrupted. The major complication, we'll talk about that and explain why polar body is such a giant step forward in the science, <coughs> is that there's a thing called allele dropout. The easiest way I can explain that to you is that the group of genes where this truncated or defective gene is located just doesn't illuminate. So you think it's not there, but it really is. It just didn't light up. Um, with polar body work, we are threatened with that as well. God bless you. But we need to check, or what we habitually check, is six genes on either side. So either all 13 are there, or all 13 are missing, and then we know we have a problem. Um, and that egg is considered gray or not kosher, not drafe, and it's not useful. Uh, meanwhile, this is the process of polar body retrieval. Um, this, again, the second polar body, just to be done, this is the other form of PGD. You wait until the egg reproduces to a blastocyst with their eight cells. Um, you again manipulate the egg, you make an incision, and you retrieve one cell out of the, what do you call it, out of that blastocyst. The disadvantage of that, let me go back, the disadvantage of this process and its necessity are making a double-edged sword. For those of you who have gone a little forward in biology, there's a process called mosaicism, where instead of the bad gene <coughs> being in every cell, it's in every other cell, because at the time of the initial division, um, it doesn't, con doesn't convert, and it only converts the next division when two cells go to four. In mosaicism, you can examine the cell, and it's completely free of the syndrome you're looking for, and lo and behold, it's in the cell next door to it.
So the disadvantage of the blastocyst um, is that it's not perfectly reliable. Its necessity is, what do you do when daddy's carrying the bad gene, which happens only half of the time? Um, so you need to have a fertilized egg, you need to get to a blastocyst, and you really need to work hard, and many more of these embryos after fertilization are discarded because when you're not sure, you really have to just drop it. Um, I want to tell you that in our lab in Charitetic, we do polar body dissection as a first choice, whether that's doable. Um, we have a fallback if we get too many grays to fertilize them and deal with them on the third day as blastocysts, where some of those grays can be retrieved and made whites. Um, and Shari Tedek's enjoying the good name. Um, Yonatan, Professor Alevi, mentioned we had 200 kids about half a year ago, a year ago. We have 264 kids as of Arab Shabbos, and we have a couple of dozen pregnancies ticking out there. Um, arrogantly, I want you to know that we're one of two labs in the world that can brag we have a zero statistic of false negatives. You take it from this side, I have more hair. I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I have no problem. I'm um, used to it. Um, we have zero statistic of false negative. A false negative is the ultimate tragedy. We put a gal through all this stuff. You test, you do, and you made a mistake. You said it's negative for the syndrome, and it's not. That's a mistake beyond proportion. Um, it's a bit. It's a mistake that shouldn't happen. In America, in Detroit, this is the biggest lab in the United States, they range from 3 to 16% false errors, depending on the year. If you understand that in a recessive gene, your whole exposure, your whole risk is 25%, 16% doesn't pay to spend the coffee. Um, and Charitetta really is running a perfect record right now. Um, PGD is a problem for Jews. It really is. First of all, we don't enjoy much dealing with the Nistaros. We don't enjoy things that might threaten Shiduchim. We don't seem to have the education in this generation um, why you accept it. Um, to understand what the genome is about and how it benefits us. We almost would rather do... I'll give you a great example, and I'm telling this to the YU students more than anyone else. Why you is now starting to test on campus, you're fools if you go elsewhere. Doi Sharon was the pioneer in testing. Um, the founding love had three or four kids with Pesachs. His wife broke down absolutely. The last kid they gave up to a Vishnitsa family, their Satma. So that's almost like giving them to the monastery um, to raise because the wife couldn't bear it. And he came out with this testing. And he came out with the prejudice that we're all too unintelligent to be able to cope with our own reality. So he would test people with numbers, anonymity. So if I have a child who wants to get <coughs> introduced to a boy, I would call up Doria Sharon and say I have number 673 as a daughter who's interested in going out with number 458. And they would say, yes, it's compatible or not. I'm going to tell you that my personal prejudice, I don't generally feel restrained. I don't need to feel restrained. I'm paying for this conference. I can say whatever I want. 
Um, it's an outrageous thing for people to trust their children and their family's future to some clown into a biology regions. What is that about? And are there not lab errors constantly? If you get a positive on your kid, you have an option of going back to either that lab or another lab and rerunning it to see was that a false positive. You lose all that with Dory Sharon. But let me tell you how far it gets. Many of you have heard the word gaucher. Gaucher is one of these congenital diseases. I need to tell you that congenital diseases are really horrible. They're the most horrible things in the world. My wife and I suffered seeing two children, only two, with Tay-Sachs. Hitler didn't dream of something that awful. To see a child until six months... Have any of you ever seen a kid with Tay-Sachs? You have? All right. Then I think you'll cooperate when I'm telling you. For six months, this baby comes home. Mother holds him to the breast. Father benches him before kiddish. Normal for everything. Typically around six, seven months, always the mother becomes suspicious. They have that hush that Hazal speak of. They go to the doctor, they find a red spot on the kid's retina. And he got day sex after a simple blood test. And the kid plateaus. He stops developing. Becomes retarded. Becomes blind. And ultimately, he loses musculature. When he loses musculature, he can't mobilize mucus, so he can't cough, as you and I do when something disturbs us in our throats or in our lungs. So there's a new device, a wheel, where you put the kid on and you rotate it to get his mucus mobilized. It looks like this was something Torquemada would have developed during Spanish Inquisition. Horrendous! If you want to know what torture is, it's not that. Torture is when ultimately the kid's diaphragm fails, as all the muscles do. And the mother has to make a decision to watch her kid suffocate or to intubate him and prolong his death process. Neither of those choices are fathomable. Until you've seen that, you don't know terror. So, I can only tell you that what we can do to eliminate all these diseases is halacha, that's mina muvchar, we should do it. And we'll look at Marmakomos afterwards. By the way, there are plenty who disagree with that. Thing. Meanwhile, Gaucher is a different disease. One in a package of 50 diseases that are lipid disorders. Primitively, we're missing an enzyme to dissolve a fat, including in these diseases, Tay-Sachs, Gaucher, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, a whole bunch. If we lick one, we'll lick them all. Um, I can tell you that right now in Texas, there's a herd of 50 sheep that were bred to have Tay-Sachs, and they were given an enzyme, and they were all asymptomatic. They should all be dead. They should all be suffering. Um, and they're all normal, and they're all healthy, and they're all well. So separating us from a cure of a child born with Tay-Sachs right now is money, but it still is separate. Do you want a family, and appreciate the dislocation of a family, to go through this kind of a delivery? Um, I can tell you that the, that celebration we had of 200 kids born was an eye-opener for the lab techs. The guys who work on a microscope never touch the flesh of human beings. They were detached. And when mothers came over and said pregnancy was a nine-month nightmare, I didn't have a moment of pleasure. I hated all of it because I was scared all the time. Now with BGD, where I know I'm carrying a healthy fetus, the whole world changed. 
when you hear people talk, and again, when there's 264 kids born, forget about that number. For 264 kids, there's some 530 parents. There are thousands and something grandparents. There are countless siblings. It's a whole ocean of tears, a whole change in a lifestyle for countless people. Gaucher is such a liberal disorder. A kid born with Gaucher, there are three forms of it, neurological, the organs deteriorate, the spleen, the liver, the kidneys. It's a pretty miserable disease. Um, in some of its forms, it's manageable. In most of its forms, it's not. Some result in early death up to age two years. That's a chesed. Some live quite a while and become badly deformed. Some retarded. Um, it's a bad disease. And with Kodesh Baruch's help, we've isolated that enzyme and we've synthesized it. Which means if you take a kid born with Gaucher and you inject him at birth and you keep injecting him at proper intervals, it's going to go off like normal. Marvelous. So now Dor Yisharim has a problem. It's a recessive defect. You need daddy and mommy to both carry the gene. What happens when I, Dor Yisharim, test the child and he comes back? Both are positive for Gaucher. So do I tell him no shirach? There's therapy for it. And they have a policy of not telling you because we're all not intelligent enough to be advised consenters. So they made the conclusion, and I beg your pardon in advance um, if I'm offending any of you, a conclusion quite in concert with Williamsburg Hasidus. You know, I go to Williamsburg, I always turn my watch back 150 years. Um, that we're not testing for Gaucher anymore. They're not testing for Gaucher because of these reasons? Because there is therapy? That means the kid born won't even know. His mother won't be able to get him the therapy until Simonim show up and there'll be some irreversible damage, depending how much. These are the reasons that one must carry their own portfolio, must have their own medical records. I have to say, I, my wife and I drove to Philadelphia last week. I had some personal tests. Thank God I did well. My mother would be proud of me. It's one of the first tests in my life that I passed. Um, but I came in with a loose leaf that was that thick. I have control of my medical records. Why would I leave my medical records to someone in Williamsburg in his archives to tell me where to go and how to do it and to make a decision that I think borders on the criminally insane that we don't test for cachet because there is a cure. So we don't find the bears and people go there and think they were tested and they weren't tested for cachet. Meanwhile, the advances that we have and, uh, one other one that's really a bone in my throat is we've learned an awful lot about <coughs> vitamin E deficiency. If we don't have folic acid, the likelihood of problem is real. Um, 90% of neural tube de defects, you know, spina bifida, is erased by having adequate folic acid. Um, some retardation, some heart disease. It's really a bag of junk, folic acid deficiency. The only problem is you need to take it three months before the onset of pregnancy. Um, which means that, re in real simple terms, a girl who's getting married should begin taking vitamin folic acid three months before a chasna, and she should stop three months after she's postmenopausal. Somehow we can't get that message out. I don't know why. I once collaborated with a physician in Long Island Jewish, spent a lot of money getting it out to all the mikvahs. Because there was a conduit. 
Our girls don't know. A major thing, it's a little bill, it means nothing. Um, education is going to count here. One. This represents a very nice note. I want to tell you about it. <coughs> Contraplasia is one such miserable defect. Um, it's dwarfism. A dwarf is not a little guy. A dwarf is someone who all his organs are mutated. They're all malpositioned. He suffers unbelievable in his life growing up. Um, the French had made numerous attempts at doing PGD for a family with contraplasia, and they failed. They wrote a, they published a scientific paper, they called it, that chondroplasia patients, the ovaries aren't accessible, you can't get them for retrieval too easily, and the ovary, the eggs, are kind of fragile. You know, when you cut the membrane, they shrivel up and they die. Um, and therefore, no one else should try. It's not worth the effort. Um, a gal came to our clinic, this gal, whose name is Black Um She's a dwarf, and she told us all the things she went through. Leg lengthening. Um, that adds a couple of inches to height. You can get about four to six inches. You cut the femur, and the pins are put above and below, and every day she turns a device that spreads the bone. And the bone heals. That area, first of all, the blood clot that calcifies, the way fractures are healed. It's a terribly painful procedure, but for a girl who four to six inches is 10% of her height, that's consequential. And she said she went through it with Simcha. She never attained us the Kodesh Baruch. But when her daughter was born, and she saw this child, who's going to go through that same Mahalach, who's going to suffer all that stuff, just like I did, she was shattered. She gave us for PGD. And it was a very important story, because we did it successfully. We have the first contemplation of dwarf in the world to give birth by PGD to a healthy child. Um, and it was done because she broke our hearts. She really did. Um, but it was also done because the world must understand that since Louis Pasteur, the French have made no contribution to modern society. Um, meanwhile, what she's telling us here is that her kid going to Tipat Chalav is weighing in on the charts. Normal growth in height and length and normal growth in weight. And that was like a super accomplishment Shari Tedek had the first. I want to tell you also, um, we've done a whole bunch of firsts. Um, we did the first kid in the world for Schwachman Diamond Syndrome, a crummy disease, not a congenital disease. It's kind of a cousin to leukemia. Um, and the kid could not be matched with any bone marrow donor. Couldn't find a bone marrow. So we designed, or we chose of embryos, a sibling that would match, and out of eight HL, there are eight HLA matches that you look for, we got eight out of eight, kind of an A, you can give us an A plus on it. Um, we did the first one, and I'm sorry I didn't bring it, um, Arab Shabbos, I kind of had the regrets, but I didn't have available the daughter who prepared my slides. Um, you have the front page of Yediot, quite a secular, one could say, antipathetic paper to from guys, with a child with a huge yarmulke. Hand on a baby sibling. And 
the headline in Yediot was Bachayim Tzivta Noah Bachayim, that this kid granted his sister life. Um, it was just a fa- I'm sorry, this little girl gave her brother life. It was a front page and it was a huge spread on the centerfold. We later did the first two kids in Israel, not in the world, for leukemia, and got again eight out of eight HLA matches. And, you know, that sounds exi- exciting. It's almost science fiction. But I want to tell you the flip side. And I don't always agree. I'm not always agreeable. Um, I'm not the fan of some of the things you heard from some of the Rabbanim this morning. One of the hospitals in Jerusalem attempted <coughs> an HLA match to make a kid for um, a sibling with leukemia. Got the mother pregnant with twins, did amnesia on the twins, neither was acceptable as a match, and aborted those two twins. That abortion kind of makes it that you don't have a right to complain about Mengele. It was just a horrendous event. And that is, I think, I need to tell you that clearly, why we went to Shari Tzedek to plant megabucks. Because it was the only place that I could be assured that would have a very, very sophisticated level of genetics, a very, very sophisticated fertility clinic, and a halachic oversight. What they're calling an ethics committee in our hospital is a halachic oversight. It's a fight amongst Tamidei Chachamim. By the way, whenever the Tamidei Chachamim fight, I have to tell you I come to Israel and I settle it, they'll usually write out on it. Um, the arguments were, for example, do we do a woman, somebody brought it up, she's not here, um, a woman who carries the cancer gene, BRCA. She carries BRCA1 and BRCA2. This guy carried BRCA2. And one of the Rabbinians said no. Uh, he even went so far as to say he had a veto vote. And I came back and explained to him that he couldn't have a veto vote. Um, but we're going to do it. Because what the Rabbinian told us is we mustn't mess with Kodesh Baruch's creation. I'm not sure that I have any problem with that. With the state says if you have four kids of one sex, you can opt for another. We don't do. How come? If you need a boy when you have girls or a girl when you have boys, see a psychiatrist. Don't come to a fertility clinic. This, I have five daughters. I've always suggested that five daughters are better than a million dollars. Because if you have a million dollars, you always want more. At the end of time, eliminating pathology, getting rid of a gene that has an 80% likelihood of causing breast or ovarian <coughs> or lung of the abdomen, peritoneal cancer, is certainly pathology. And if a woman says, I'm willing to go through this process, and it's not terrible, but it ain't a piece of cake, that's a woman's prerogative to make that choice. Without messing with Kodesh Baruch's Bria, quite the contrary, we're eliminating pathology. Um, I was with Kalman, the president of the Medical Ethics Society, in a lecture in Elizabeth, where a young fertility doctor got up and he was speaking about the vast success of his clinic. He has a 21% impregnation rate. I need to tell you that we have, with this micromanipulation, where we tear up the egg, um, we have an impregnation rate statically between 38 to 41%. There a couple of months where we spiked at 61%. Um, you must appreciate, though, that is the question of cost. This gal who comes to us is loaded. She just got told she's carrying a genetic defect. You know what? 
all of us carry five or six genes that potentially could cause harm. But she got told about it. Her consciousness contains it now. And then she comes back to our lab. We go through all this stuff. At 10 days, she takes a blood test. I want to see her HCG level. It's up. Oh, well, maybe pregnant. Two days later, she takes it again. And it was supposed to double, and it did. And it plateaued. You're not pregnant. Shut up. God slapped me one more time. So the difference of a higher and a lower impregnation rate, and ours is one of the highest in the world, um, is the difference of how badly this woman gets bruised. And trust me, that's the last thing any of these gals should be confronting. This is just an ego trip. This job, this was a bris that I did. That's Yonatan, a lady standing next to me. That's kid number one. His family has myotonic dystrophy. Myotonic dystrophy, the muscles kind of dissolve in the body. This woman had a first child, a normal child. Good luck. She won on the roulette table. Um, but she wasn't going to have any more kids. She heard about BGB. She came forward. She was our first kid. Um, it was a very exciting time. We got a call in the middle of the night, and they invited me to come to the breastfeed. Of course, my wife and I got on a plane the next day. We were thrilled. Um, you don't know. This is a brother of a father here. You don't know what this face looked like. In this disease, you get long faces like Herman Munster. The crowd was saturated with sick people suffering. This mother couldn't nurse holding her kid. She had no more biceps. She used to put the kid on a bed and lean over him. The tragedy involved was fantastic. And I remember, um, all of us were excited. This kid you're looking at is the million-dollar baby, literally. Um, one wife came over to me and said, what did you do? By the time he gets to his chuppah, he's going to be an orphan anyhow. Hmm, good comment. And I was fortunate. Sometimes, you know, it clicks. You guys know that when you take exams. Sometimes it clicks where I turned to him and I said, you're right. <coughs> but he could be an orphan and deformed as well. At least he'll be an orphan. He'll walk down that aisle straight. Um, which jolted him. He had to rethink his title. Um, we should look, if you would, for a minute with me at some of these marimakomas that I prepared for you. And I yellowed them out so you can get them quickly. The Meiri is a man who lived 800 years ago, approximately. He was recently republished because we found loads more of his Ksavim. And he's talking in Sanhedrin where the Gemara talks about Maisekishuf. Magic. Really witchcraft. They're not talking about magic sleight of hand. They're talking about witchcraft. And he writes, Kol shenasa bepula tivis Anything that's done by natural technique is not to be considered witchcraft. Afilu yadu livro brios yafos shalomi zivogayim. Even if we learn how to make pretty people without relations amongst people sexually, and that's what people come in means. So the Meiri writes very specifically that the intervention in nature is clearly something permissible. Um, it's a mandate in Allah to do. I would ask you to skip to the last page. This is a tshuva 
from Set of Shiles of Juvis of Rabbi Shabbais, and they came out about half a year ago. Bushavais, I need to tell you, is an up-and-coming poster. For those of you who are not familiar with his name, he's recognized as one of the more important poskim in Yerushalayim. Strangely, he has the capacity to articulate with the chesidim and the mitzvahim, with the kanoim, with the charedim, with the dati lumi. He seems to make it with everyone, um, and he's a nice man. And he's a genius of a Talmud Chach. So he prints, and again I yellowed out, although I would encourage all of you who can, to look at this tube in its full, because it shows the sensitivity of a bottle as distinct from the insensitivity of Rabbanim who paskin halacha, harsh and tough, because that's the easiest route to go. So Gawa, Hashem Chayv, Lenasus, Lavi, Yiladim, Ayudeh, Afroya, Chuv, Kufanis, Vdikas, PGD. As far as the question, he's talking about a family that's stricken. Do you have to go through the process of PGD? And he, exp- he happens to be the Rav of Shari Tzedek. He's our posek. He's not the Rav of Shari Tzedek. I'm sorry I said that. He is the Rav. He's the posek of Shari Tzedek. He set up the protocol for the Hashgach in our lab. He's a very respected guy. He was chosen very didactically and very carefully. Usha Weiss. Pardon me? Yes, but not shadows and jewels. Meanwhile, if you look, one, two, three, four, five, six lines, seven lines from the bottom. You see that, people? I remember when the Rebbe used to stop in the middle of Sheerful, where are we? I always used to come seven lines above the middle. And he went on, he got away with it, you know. But you see seven lines where I ended yelling, Lani is that the borrower. That even if you don't have an obligation, it's still a kiyom of the mitzvah of Puravu Prokein. <coughs> and by the way, I have to tell you, oh, he goes on. This is a super way of doing Puravu. It's an improved version. Because he brings into the world children that are viable, that are healthy. That we bring all the nefashos that have to be brought into the world where couples like this might not have kids. Um, I called him when the Shilas and Chuas came out. The truth is, he gave me a set in Yerushalayim, and then he sent me another safer in New York. I guess he forgot. Um, and I called him. I said, I just went through it. I can't thank you enough for this shout-out. It'll give chizok to the many people who are being told bad things. I'm obviously presenting a very prejudiced view of Boskin. Um, there are bunny. Satna Rebani, I don't know why they were scared to say that, says it was the one who was hostile to IVF. The confrontation, the only war that Ramesha ever had was on IVF with Satma Rebbe and Dona Sperm. Um, Satma Chesidim who needed, go get it. They just go in the back door where they're not visible. I'm not sure I have to be concerned with what they have to say. I'm really not. Um, there is a love known to some of us who has a daughter who's blind, he has three grandchildren who are blind. He had the option of PGD. I offered it to him. And he felt this was a firm thing to do. I'm curious what he thinks Kodesh Baruch is going to tell him when he walks into the next world why he made three blind kids when he had an option to make them seeing. 
How do I know you had that option? We have loads of them. We have loads of kids who have that problem. There's one in Forest Hills running around, who came to Israel with us, who named this kid Anita in honor of my wife, Miss Fadu. So they name after living. We have a little Anita running around who sees because she went to that lab. Um, meanwhile, I called him, I told him, Shkayach, he gave Chizuk to the many families that need PGD. He said, David, you're the hundredth call on that. He said, and all the calls were horrible. How dare you uproot what people before you planted? And this is a toeva, you have no right to be matter. And he caught hell from the whole Hungarian world. I want to take you to a Mishnah, if you were the middle page. <clears throat> By the way, in the moments in between, while you're thumbing there, my lab, Charitetic lab, is doing 10% of the work of the Middle East and Europe. We have five to eight new cases each week. I don't know if you understand, when you do eight cases, times 24 eggs, times two polybodies, and maybe the additional blastocysts, you have guys working in the lab till those microscopes are hot. It's just tremendous amounts of labor. It's very, very expensive. That's why people are not so fond of polybody, because it costs an awful lot more. Um, it's a Kiddush Hashem like you can't imagine. We've had newspaper coverage almost every other week because there's been really nice stuff. And it's done with Noam. Um, it ultimately was included in the basket of health. And I have to tell you that I had many debates, not with this one, with, I wanted to, he was not the issue, where they told me that they don't want to put it in the basket of health because it's just too expensive. So I said, the truth being, I would rather government stay away. I don't agree about Obamacare with my good friend, my beloved friend, Yonatan Alevi said, I don't agree with Obamacare. I don't believe the lack of access is because of Obamacare being missing. When I was a poor refugee, I broke my arm, my father took me to the emergency room. My doctor said, you can't afford an orthopedist. So in the emergency room, residents treated me. The x-rays were brought to some old guy. He was probably the attending. There was a tier of medicine. Not everybody had it equal. The nice thing about socialized medicine is everybody shares the equivalent and equal failure. Um, the nice thing about capitalistic medicine is there's a trickle down of the guys who are motivated by income, develop techniques, and this technique of PGD was developed, um, and we all gained from it. All the poor people in Yerushalayim and from Eretz Yisrael who gained from it, gained from it, because the guy in Chicago wanted to make money. By the way, the, it would be not nice of me not to mention you quickly that we trained on Yuri Volinsky. I was buying Yuri Volinsky many times. And I told him once, you have never seen an officer. He's a communist, a heavy Russian actor. He has two-story office ceilings, and everything is covered with mahogany. I walked in, I said, I've got to ask you a question. I live like that, you live like this? You're the communist, what is this about? His story was that he couldn't get into medical school because he was a Jew. So he became a PhD geneticist. He was in Yerushalayim in an art gallery, and there was art that people like, people buy it, a circle with a couple of circles in it. And he took out a business card, and he wrote down polar body. It was from that thought that all his research and his clinic was developed. I said to him, I said, Yuri, at the end of time, if you're right, and there's no God, I wasted a big portion of my life. But if I'm right, and there is a God, you're going to go to hell. 
Every American buys life insurance. You buy it. Let's open a lab together in Jerusalem. I'll fund it. You train the staff for me. You put that lab, and that's what we did, by the way. It was on that wild dare, if you will, and he was very proud of that lab. He came to the unfortunately succumbed to bowel cancer three years ago, but he was a giant of a person. But I must tell you that one of, if not the motivating factor in his research going this way was that there were big finances and big bucks in fertility medicine and in genetics and in buying and selling eggs. He had major farms for production of eggs that were sold. So you might like that, you might not like it, but I think society is a beneficiary of that legacy. This mission is a mission in Yadayim. Most people have never picked up Masechus Yadayim because it's four-fucking, has no Gemara. It's for the lazy guys who come to an other house and they sign up. If I can get the Yadayim, I do it. The easy one. But let's look at this Mishnah because it's a Mishnah, you listen carefully, that today should be ripped out of our Mishnahs and discarded. Rabbi Tarfim, I'm sorry, Boba Yomamu, that day, by the way, this poor photocopies, my advanced technology. The Jews who live in the surrounding territories of Israel, in Ammon and Moab, what is their fear of Maser in Shviz? So Vitavit says Maser Ani, you give it out as charity, alms to the poor. And the Gazer of Elizabeth Azariah, Maser Sheni. Maser Sheni has some limitations. Um, it demands Kedusha, it demands Yerushalayim, it has issues. It's not free spending like alms to the Amr Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael makes a tough comment. Listen to this carefully. In your lifetimes, you'll never hear this again. Elaza ben Azariah. It's incumbent on you. It's your problem to defend your position. Because you are looking for a more stringent position. Whoever comes with a chumrah had better have a way to justify that chumrah. Today we live 180 degrees the opposite. Whoever comes with a kula is indefensible. We kill him, we scale him, we burn him in effigy. Whoever comes with a chumrah, I'm sure all of you have read um, the insanities that we suffer. One of the Satma Rebbe's Scoundrel went out west to grow wheat in an area where there's no rain, because that's going to be the idea of Shmur Matzah. I mean, my grandfather used Shmur Matzah that was Chamet. This stupidity counts. Someplace in Halacha we learned that we should grow wheat without rain. What is that about? Or Ger Rebbe, I'm sorry, Ger Rebbe coming out with a horrendous statement that men shouldn't shake hands because it's Malatava. That what is that about? And we live in a generation where quite the contrary exists. And people, God bless you, people will answer you comfortably, oh, what made you think? You have a right to traipse through God's garden. And the answer is, what made you think I don't have a right? Halacha clearly told us, redu baretz v'kivshua, enter society and nature and control it. And that's our mandate, that's our obligation. I think the halachic scorners, they have their own genetic problem. We have not yet found that gene. I'm not sure we will. 
But someplace there's an obscure gene that creates this kind of hostility to human civilization. Thank you all for your attention. The question I'll be happy to entertain. Why do you think it should be torn out? This is very good. Because it doesn't apply to it.